Hello, and welcome to the Responsive Family Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hawley, holistic sleep coach, lactation consultant, peaceful parenting educator, and mom. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by all the conflicting sleep info, frustrated with sleep information that just plain felt wrong, or searched desperately for a truly gentle and responsive sleep approach, then you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll be answering your most pressing baby and toddler sleep questions, busting those sleep myths, and helping you understand truly developmental, biologically normal baby and toddler sleep plus encouraging you to trust your intuition along the way. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. Today we are talking about the pervasive sleep myth of putting your baby down drowsy but awake, right? Is this something you need to do, you need to worry about, you need to stress over? And if it's not, which it's not, what do we need to think about instead when it comes to how we support our littles to sleep? Now, drowsy but awake is just a fancy term for putting your baby down awake in their sleep space and then being able to drift off to sleep happily and contentedly without your support. If that sounds unrealistic to you, if you're literally laughing at me right now or like, WTF, there's no way, you are in very good company, right? Because most babies will not do this. It's not where most babies are at. Yet, this idea that drowsy but awake or falling asleep independently is what healthy sleep is, right? That's what it means to work towards healthy sleep habits. That is so pervasive that they're essentially like the same thing. I get a lot of parents who reach out to me and they're like, hey, Kim, I I know I, I need to get my baby down drowsy but awake. I can't do it. I can't get them to fall asleep independently. I really want to work on healthy sleep habits. And we have to take several steps back and be like, okay, okay, why do you want them to go down drowsy but awake? What is going on here? Like, is there something unsustainable about how they're falling asleep? What's what's the motivation behind them falling asleep independently? What are you hoping that will achieve? Or is this something you just feel like you should be working on rather than something you actually want to work on? Because the answer to those questions, of course, make a big difference on, on what you do. So most babies, right, they are not going to go down drowsy but awake. They're going to cry right? You put them down, they're either going to, maybe they'll kick around, be contented for a bit, or maybe they scream bloody murder the second you try to put them down, right? This is not a natural thing for babies to do, um, especially young babies, but even many older babies. Now, some will, right? I know there's always a person who goes, oh, but my baby does that. Is that a problem? No, of course it's not a problem, right? If your baby does go down happily, drowsy but awake, you're able to set them down when they're sleepy um, and calm and then they drift off to sleep. That's wonderful. That is totally responsive because you're you're doing what your baby's showing me they're showing you they're capable of and what they need. The problem here is expecting that all babies can do that because that's definitely the minority of babies who can. Right? Babies that fall asleep easily independently are the exception not the rule. And yet we treat drowsy but awake as it as though it should be the rule, right? As though all babies should be able to do this as fast as possible. It's problematic because that's not where most babies are at, but also because it causes a lot of guilt and stress and shame. 
in parents and a lot of frustration that they just can't do it and they spend a lot of energy trying to do it and it's not working and so then they feel badly and that they're failing or they're not setting themselves up for healthy sleep or they're you know hurting their baby in some way and it's like this is a completely made up cultural ideal right there is literally nothing in baby biology that says oh man a baby that falls asleep independently is better off when it comes to sleep i will say neither of my kids ever did this right i supported both my kiddos to sleep for years by choice, right? I'm not saying that that has to be your choice. And they are wonderful sleepers now at 10 and 5. You know, it's not like we have this window of opportunity to get our kids independent. And they all slept through the night while they were still, you know, being supported to sleep. And honestly, we still support them to sleep in the sense that we do books, we, we read together, we listen to an audiobook, we snuggle them because it's lovely and we enjoy it. Not because you know, not because we couldn't work on not doing that, but because it's a really lovely part of our time with them, even as big kids, where they tend to share things about their day that don't come out at any other time. So I think sometimes we're so focused on independence that we forget the lovely connection that can happen around bedtime and the sharing and the vulnerability as they get older. So drowsy but awake is a made-up cultural view, right? It's not actually anything to do with healthy sleep. And when we look at biology supporting babies in the way that works best for them and also, you know, taking your own needs into account, of course, that's much more biologically normal because babies are hardwired to be close to us. They are hardwired to need that touch and connection and support in order to feel safe and secure enough to sleep. We are carry mammals. That is the kind of mammal that we are. And that means that our babies are born and they expect close, continuous contact, you know, gradually over years moving to more independence. And so if we're strictly thinking about this from a biological standpoint, babies are meant to sleep near us and they're meant to have that support because that's the only way they're going to, you know, feel that safety and security. Now, obviously, some babies don't need that as much as others. I'm not saying that all babies need the same things. But like from an evolutionary biology standpoint, we are carry mammals. We are actually communal sleepers. And, you know, independent sleep in and of itself is, is more of a cultural belief than anything to do with human biology. So, you know, babies... We're not creating a bad habit, right? When we support babies to sleep, we're just responding to that hardwired biological need, which is like we're meeting the need, not creating the need, if that distinction makes sense. Uh, you know, throughout most of human history, a baby that was put down and left alone unattended when it came to sleep was actually a really vulnerable baby, right? So vulnerable in the sense of predators and vulnerable in the sense of they needed to be near us to regulate their body temperature, right? To help keep them warm and and safe and secure. And so that, that pull, that need is really, really strong. And so, you know, we know putting the baby down drowsy but awake in the bassinet or the crib, we know they're safe, but their biology does not know that there isn't a lion about to come in and get them or that the parent walking away isn't going to leave them, leave them unattended and their needs unmet. I think another thing is like we have all these influences shaping sleep, right? But your baby doesn't know them, right? They have not read the books. They don't know what Google says. They don't know what your pediatrician is saying. And so they're really just tapped into that hardwired drive to stay close to you. Um, And sleep is a really vulnerable state. So of course, in our most vulnerable state, we generally need 
the most support to feel safe and secure. So for reclaiming healthy sleep away from drowsy but awake and away from independent sleep being the only way to get healthy sleep, you know, that that falling asleep independently is the only way to have healthy sleep. What is healthy sleep? What does healthy sleep mean when we're thinking about responsive sleep? Well, it means helping your baby feel relaxed, safe, and secure as they fall asleep because that is what truly promotes good quality sleep. You know, it means making sure your baby's tired when they're going to sleep, giving them activity and stimulation, free play, connection, having rich sensory experiences so that they head into sleep with a body that's really had a full awake period, that's had a lot of varied experiences, that feels really connected to you and has been awake long enough that they're actually tired. It means that we are supporting a healthy circadian rhythm, right? That we are creating an intentional environment, which is really hard in modern society, right? It means recognizing your child as an individual and understanding what their needs are now and that those needs are going to evolve and change as they grow. So healthy sleep is not this neat and tidy thing, right? It is a really complex and comprehensive understanding of sleep that we are really supporting your child as an individual to head into sleep tired, relaxed, to help them feel safe and secure, and to create an environment in which sleep can unfold in the best way that it can for your little one. And at some point, that will look like falling asleep independently. But when that is, varies so much, right? Some babies can do it. Some younger toddlers can do it. Some kiddos cannot do it until they are a bit older. And that's all okay because they're all unique and and individuals in what they need in order to get that good quality sleep. So let's ditch drowsy but awake. Don't even worry about it. Don't feel like you need to do it. Don't feel like it's something to stress over. You know, if it's coming easily to your baby and that's something you want to lean to, wonderful. If it's not and you're worried it never will, it will, I promise. And if you're hitting a point that something is just feeling so unsustainable about how you're supporting to sleep, just know there's a lot in between something really high energy intensive and falling asleep totally independently right? There's a lot of steps in between there to get there, but there's also a lot of steps, you know, towards something that might feel more sustainable and also be more in your baby's capabilities. So I hope we can set this myth aside, throw it out, stop worrying about it, and really lean into what's working for your family right now in this moment and trust that it will evolve over time. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode left you feeling more informed, confident, and encouraged on your sleep journey. And just a reminder before you go that nothing in this episode is individualized to your specific sleep situation, nor is it to be taken as medical advice. Take what resonates, ignore what doesn't, and check with your healthcare provider about any medical concerns. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. And take a moment to rate, review, or share an episode you love on social media. All of that helps parents just like you find me, this podcast, and this gentle and responsive sleep information. I'll see you next time.